Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Babe. I'm here with superstar Tierney Finster. Hi. Hi. I'm here. You're fresh off a massage. I finally unloaded this tension on a masseuse in (laughs) Studio City. (laughs) Kevin. Kevin at the Noun Studio City. He provides such torturous pleasure and peace. It's it's everything. I love that. It's what a nice Friday afternoon. That is a nice Friday afternoon. It was a treat because I honestly have a lot of deadlines looming and it would have been easy for me to not come here and not get a massage. Mm -hmm. But I literally think that that would just make my work worse do you know what i mean yeah sometimes you need to take like a couple days or a day and step away and do you so then you like prep yourself to go into it totally i have been fuming it and (laughs) i needed burning the candle at both ends i got really into this vibe in the last month of like traveling a lot working a lot working from wherever And that's always fun. And I think I did that a lot more last year, which Mm -hmm. is like a privilege because a lot of the jobs I do are like freelance or contract work where I can be on my own. Um, So like it's all been good stuff for the most part or it has all been good, but it's just so much, you know, I've been being so extra. Yeah. And this has been the first week where I'm like be at home with all of your laundry and all of your bills and all of your jobs and like that's all you do bitch yeah um, do we still get to curse now that you have all these ads you or? absolutely can curse as much as you want all these ads. all these ads <laughs> the advertisers i'm just very have to proud deal of with you it. yeah Thank this you. isn't like every other podcast i love i it's always been a dream of mine to like read ads aloud I'm so jealous <laughs> i know it's like some it's like so satisfying to record an ad i kind of have my like ad voice that i do so sexy and it really is also inspired by gwyneth and her ad voice from the goop podcast and so yes you know i'm just always trying to honor and channel my queen at all times this episode of babe podcast is proudly brought to you by the now the kevin now massage the now. kevin he's like a tripper like he has like little gauges and poetic eyes i don't feel a sexual or romantic bond to him at all But I'm just saying he has a very romantic archetypal energy Mm -hmm. that I think that's why. Because I started seeing him because I had a friend who was the receptionist at the now for a few, for about a year, I guess. And she told me that when people left him, especially women, that they were always like, (sighs) oh, my God. And I swear I feel that way with it. Like he gets a little rough, but I ask for deep tissue. So, Mm -hmm. you know. What are you going to do? And now I'm wanting to try Kevin. I want you to see what the experience feels like because I've, I haven't, I don't get massages that often. And the first place I really ever got them was at the now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because while it's not cheap, it's sort of like, it's also not crazy expensive. No, it's not. They want you to be able to go more often or something or to more casually, I guess, to not yeah. think of it as like, cause don't you think like if you're going to go, not that I've had these like hour long massage or two hour long massages at spas before, but just like it seems like a whole commitment, you know, where the now, of course, it's better to like we're about to talk, we're going to go eat or something like it's a mm-hmm. chill uh, 
for me, it was a transition in out of work more today, but it would also be fine to just like hit it for 50 minutes in the middle of the day and like, yeah. keep it moving. It's really nice. There's one super close to me that I've gone to and I do because I've had like a so-so massage there, but so-so massages really upset me. Yeah. And like, because you're hoping for that relief. Yeah. Right? You just, I just want to feel mm-hmm. like the magic touch of yeah. someone like where it just, they vibe with yes. your skin. Yeah. And that's very rare with your heart. Yeah. With your spirit. And That's soul. why I feel Kevin has a psychedelic approach. Yeah. There's some masseurs that just know how to touch you. And it just, they're born with, I don't I know, like, it. how you Healers. can. Yeah, a true healer. I felt, like, the la- all week, I have felt like a brittle refrigerator. I have felt <laughs> like my body like parts an old were not unique to refrigerator one Refrigerator like, of the 50s. Yes, like a, a sturdy, solid, mm-hmm. and used-up <laughs> refrigerator. And now I'm getting a, more of a sense of the delicacy and freedom of my various parts. Mm-hmm. But they do have a monthly membership program. I know, and it's not, like, crazy. And there's no time commitment. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean by that? Where, like, you don't have to, like... It's not like a three-month... Obligate yourself to paying for three or 12 months. You might need to just go for it. I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love... You're making moves. I love, like, a monthly club of some sort. And I don't have that many memberships anymore. You know, I'm off Equinox. Mm -hmm. I used to do that. Um, I think I started paying my student loan back instead of paying that bill every month. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Susie Orman would approve. Yes, but not a me in general, I know. Uh. <laughs> Speaking of a babe that's really going, like, she's come under fire this week. What's going on with her? A writer for GQ kind of did, like, a Susie takedown and a takedown of, like, the personal finance industry saying, like, they're basically selling you lies all the time like their promise is that anyone can be wealthy if they just like stop spending money on like coffee and avocado toast but really the only people that can be wealthy are like the wealthy Wealthy. to begin with yeah like it's like there's the different stages of that where like somebody who had some sort of family wealth even in a more micro level Mm -hmm. is gonna have a different experience of wealth even when they're not supported by their family yeah and privilege plays into it and off and also like the thing that like everyone will be able to buy a house someday if they start like saving their money like blah 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 is just like not necessarily true there's not gonna be any houses left for me in the valley if the man of pump rules people they're all moving into your head literally thinking like geez real estate what a bit I know, but, and I see, definitely see where that writer's coming from, but I also am going to have to defend my queen and say that she, I think is just telling you like kind of the good rules of like, I mean, I think personal finance is ever changing because all of the money shit and like tax laws and everything is ever changing. Right. But I believe in like saving, you need to save money and have like an emergency account. You need yeah. to have some sort of... I mean, I of, don't, like, but yeah. I know. I mean, I spent a lot of mine on, like, getting myself a dog for my birthday, but, like... You still had totally. it. Totally. You had I still had made it. enough that you had it. And yeah. Then, like, and I saved and was, like, I... Cool. Yeah. And, like, I don't, I, no, having I don't a retirement account... 
I'm pretty good at saving actually when That's good. When it comes down to yeah, something Yeah, I'm good at saving, for. but then I'm really good at spending that savings as well. You let it drop. I sometimes will let it drop. I But I'm trying to be more conscious about just like making sure I have emergency funds available. Me too. If something were awful were to happen. It's just like an unspoken shame of well, I guess it's my unspoken shame, but I swear it must be more common. It's just like at these different levels where like we feel we have more money to spend or we've reached some new level of like, honestly, class, I've definitely like transcended class. I feel like going from like, I mean, I don't, but this is a thing where it's like, did I, you know, yeah. because I make more money than either of my parents have ever made. And... I do it in a way that is very creative, self-oriented, or like self-produced, like Mm -hmm. a super privileged, beautiful way, you know? Yeah. But I feel guilty for, maybe it feels so casual or feel feel so natural sometimes the way it's progressed that like it doesn't motivate me to make certain changes or level ups that... I think some people make when they reach a new plateau in salary or like work status or something in what way would you be like like what kind of level i don't or like having a a a fortified savings account Mm -hmm. that no matter what you always have x amount of money like i don't even do that with like a thousand dollars usually yeah millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. For me, it's like I just, I feel such a deep fear that like I really am terrified of being broke again that it's just like I'll do whatever to not to make sure that I'm like don't go broke again it's all kind of trying to like protect against that for me that's why I always work a lot yeah and I think people people often say to me like that I'm really productive or that I am super ambitious Thank you, but it's because I'm scared of not having money. And it's because I didn't grow up having that kind of security. But it's funny because I actually, okay, like there's this idea that if you didn't grow up with money or without a lot of money, that it's almost like this window we allow people or almost like a non-closing window we allow people where, oh, you didn't have that growing up. So now it makes sense that you're going to purchase every lipstick or expensive drink or trip or blah, blah, blah that you didn't have growing up. Mm -hmm. But I feel like growing up because my mom grew up very wealthy and then married somebody with that, like with no money, um, that like she, and because money was so important in her own family's expression of love that I was super spoiled with experiences or goods or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I had like rich kid lifestyle elements and yet the actual bills and like, like 
baseline of my family's finances was never stable and always super crazy. So it was just like high highs, low lows, ride it. And I'm good at doing that. And I'm still good at doing that. But I think that since I did, yeah, like I should probably stop riding the wave though. Like I, I don't know. I I feel like I've, I've been shifting. I've been way better at paying bills. Um, which could sound like a super privileged thing. Like, what do you mean you got better at it? You know, but just literally keeping track of everything that there is, you know what I mean? I feel like at times I wouldn't even, you know, with like different like student loans or. Yeah. It's hard yeah, to be on top of all your shit. And I think harder, something that's been on my mind so much is like, as a woman, it's so difficult to balance all the life shit that you have to do and then all the appearance shit that you feel you have to do to like look good and feel good. Totally. Because I think it's different for every woman. Like some people, like everyone's like personal. What that means. Yeah. What that means is different. And like, I think it has a lot to do with your experiences and how you were raised or conditioned to feel about your body or X, Y, Z. Yeah. Just what you like. Yeah. But it's like, for me, I'm like, I want to get like a haircut. I want to get my nails done. I want to like have my eyebrows done. And like that helps me feel not like good. Beauty based zero yeah. means you you're restored. You're mm-hmm. at a neutral. I want to work out. Position. Like I want to have my class pass and yeah. like do many of like the kind of like basic bitch totally. things to be like, no, but it feeling is feeling cute and good. That and takes then, a lot of money and it takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of time. Totally. The time is what, like, I don't have acrylics right now. Mm-hmm. I need to go to, like, a doctor that specializes in nails because they're so Just nail biting? Up. Well, just from having... I've had paper-thin nails underneath my acrylics for... Honestly, they've been tissue paper-ish for, like, a year or two. And I just keep getting it filed against every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, about three weeks ago or so, I... When they, I, my nails were just coming off while I was um, in vacation at the beach. And so I just let them all come off. And I've been not, trying not to deal with them and getting like a regular manicure. $20 for just a regular ass manicure. They can F off. I'm not going back there. But just, <laughs> anyway, it's just like so random. But like the anxiety. This time for me, I had to go to the premiere mm-hmm. of this new show coming out Sunday called Euphoria. Oh, wait. How was it? Um, well, Alexa's in it, who's my friend, and she was amazing. So I'm really excited to see her. Everything for me, I was like waterproof mascaring it, you know, because Um, I was following the premiere like photos that she posted on Instagram. Yeah, Uh, her outfit was self styled insane she looks amazing she looks incredible At alexa demi yeah you she guys need plenty to follow. of followers but she'd love some more she, who wouldn't you but know here's the thing so she goes to this premiere of her first starring role in a tv show and she wears like a snake skin nude and brown full length glove full body length uh skin tight gown with a thong rhinestone thong detail peeping in the back and the reason that i brought this up in the context of money and self-preparation and everything and like feeling your best is i had no time 
to get acrylics or even just a manicure similar to how plenty of times I've been like I don't really have the money to get a fill right now mm-hmm. and it made me feel it did not take away from the beauty and magic of that night because of course it was about things bigger than me and my nails but I low-key was like i had been way hotter and had even more fun if I got my fucking nails done well yeah but it's just like some things just help you feel better about yourself totally and it that those things can change and that's okay too like yeah i used to get full makeup done for like every time i tried doing comedy or like storytelling out loud i would get my makeup done and oftentimes i would have a free thing or whatever so it's not like i was always like paying out a pocket for it but just like calling on favors or like redeeming gifts or whatever to like get makeup or just even presenting when we worked at like a company in like marina del rey i would still got all this makeup done when we presented something and to me that's just like how i feel hot and ready Mm -hmm. like a big part of me wanting to be on camera talent as a profession is getting my hair and makeup done every day like i've always wanted that yeah (laughs) see i can't really relate to that because i've never truly had hair and makeup done where i felt like oh my god like this is the best version of like a really really good one yeah like i i'm like oh like i don't feel like myself a lot of the time i mean i've had one blowout i think in my life from dry bar that i was like this is an incredible blowout suck but blowouts mostly just piss me off and irritate me i'm like why did I come here? I, that day I once you get, learn to blow yeah. your own hair out, it's a real no, game remember changer. Remember that day I was like, did you get a blowout? And you were like, no, I dried it. I was like, how? How did you learn that? I taught myself Maybe how I to be. Can. Yeah. If I can, anyone can. It's all about you have to be able to switch Flick your blow dryer and use your like, non-dominant hand. And like, just teach yourself oh, I love how to being do that. Ambidextrous. Yeah, so it's really good for your brain. It's a good brain yes. exercise. It's good Keeping for the arms, and it'll save you some money. The thing that you mentioned about the makeup artistry is so real, though, because it is a privileged position where, like, like a couple people, especially my friend Jaime, he does makeup where it can be so glamorous and like so almost like camp. Like I, I you know, I border on camp, like yeah. not just for the gala like every day (laughs) so he can really play with all that drama Mm -hmm. but still make it feel so fresh so clean and so like you and i love people who can do that because a lot of the time like in the past i would be more reliant or insistent on full face makeup for anything and i would just be down to see how anybody would do it on me like what's the look what's the love like a makeup experiment Yeah. yeah totally uh, external objects on the body how does this you know contort and change our behavior but now for the most part i'm like so happy with my skin journey and then like my hair is grown out and long for the first time in years and it's natural color for the first time in years so it's actually soft so like i'm feeling more massage um facial i'm dying to have a facial yeah i think i like facials <laughs> than more than a massage honestly really? well, yeah because you, you, you're more you get a face tickle <laughs> yeah you just get a face tickle it just feels so like and it feels right, more it relaxing so my friend andrea is such a good facialist and like sometimes this sounds so freaking petty but like we get we have such enjoyable conversations and she's so busy working um and 
that like we'll just talk the whole time during our facial, you know. But then I noticed last couple times I'm like, wow, it's already over. I didn't even relax or like pay attention. Of course, I'm relaxing. Mm-hmm. That's not a good endorsement, but you know what I mean. Like it's sort of funny to use that time as like an extreme friend download because yeah, because it's like you're it's time to relax, but then also you want to catch up. What a rough spot to be in. I know it's really it's tough. I'm uh, yeah, I feel like embarrassed that I'm seeming like super bougie, but listen, I I've ride it all. You you could <laughs> I like work is work. And I definitely just experience every level of like not every level, but I've experienced a lot of types of economic life. And like, I feel that people who are often the most ashamed about, well, even though you get both sides of this, but a lot of the time people who are most ashamed about talking about like, liking to eat at an expensive restaurant or getting some of these services are like people who have had it all taken care of their whole life and are like just ashamed to admit. Yeah. That, it, you know what I mean? To act like it's not important. Yeah. You know? I think if you can afford to do something and it helps you feel good and it's what you want and you're not making you're not taking like a gamble or letting anything slide you do whatever you want or even gamble sometimes and just pray (laughs) (laughs) be like you never know the universe will provide hey it's working pretty good for me but i love that and also it's when it comes to personal finances I think it's just different for everyone. Like it, you right. have to do what Priorities makes you feel and most values. comfortable. Yeah, I live at home in my parents' house. My yeah. parents' house is not fancy. It's not, um, you know, Instagram ready. It's not influencer esque. It's not like a big fancy. You know, it's in LA, but it's not like oh, a big fancy. You know, people have this idea of like if someone whose parents are from LA, then like you're gonna go to their it's like, like share Hancock and Clueless Park. or something. Yeah, yeah, Hancock Park, Beverly Hills poolside experience um but anyway that works for my values even though do i have enough money that i could pay rent uh sure i guess but Mm -hmm. i choose like some of these like self you know self celebration things or i just really like traveling honestly like i feel really good when i like leave where you know even if it's just for a couple days or something yeah i I do it very cheaply pretty often, but at the same time, when you do it right consistently, it definitely adds up. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Suze, like, there are some great, Suze. like... I love... I thought her name was Suze for... It's Susie, right? It's Susie, but I like the... I'll let you call her Suze. Yeah, it's so much better that way, because she has so much more, like, strong lesbian energy when she's just a Suze. Suze, yeah. Suze the flues. No. <laughs> I just feel like there are a lot of like more probably current like I think I follow somebody called like the financial diet or like yeah there's a lot of cool Instagrammers who and like have women our age that have like that yeah. are now kind of reconfiguring what it means to be like a financial guru but I think anybody who wants to be a financial guru is wild but i know how empowering (laughs) and helpful it is for people and i know people literally love crunching numbers but like sometimes these the same people i'm recommending on instagram or like to look out for on instagram they're also offering like bundled um like services or like everybody who's offering you a guide it's like yeah, I don't all these want like ten dollar guide. guides no. for stuff on Instagram. Like, I don't. What kind of guide should I make? <laughs> I've thought about. I've thought about like what guides would I make because I'm like working on 
like figuring out what a membership like to my like media mm-hmm. stuff would look like. And I've been playing with the idea of like guides, but they would have to be like kind of funny. Like I would do a guide that's like how to not kill yourself. Right. Yeah. Like a step like by cosmo step. Cosmo sex tips vibe. Yeah. Like a cosmo you know, sex like not tips vibe. But that would be actually but... like with some helpful tips. Totally. Yeah, for sure. Like I would do it about like how to be high like Mm -hmm. how to be like i have so much not critique i'm gonna focus more on the creative side but just like (laughs) how some people just can't get high and i know there's some people who have a cannabis allergy this is cannabis only um when i talk about getting high just like i feel like i have some good tips for people what are they (laughs) Like a few different things. I mean, or and also just raising awareness of like what some cannabis triggers really say about who you are, you know, like, oh, I want to talk about this because I like am a person I can get high like alone at night. I love getting high and watching real housewives of anything anywhere. Truly, it brings it to like a new level. But like it's just getting, I mean, the housewives right now are all really good. They're all, it's just so good. It's scratching like every itch yes. that I have. Oh, uh, yeah. I need to go back and I'm going to watch the seasons of New York. I'm like actually okay. grateful that I took a break because, and then I no, started watching the season because now I can go back and watch at least like three different seasons. I had did that with all the franchises and I caught up mostly, but I never watched season. I never watched half of season four of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So once in a while, not every day, I don't let myself, <laughs> but I watch it because it was like when Brandy was still on it, who is a villain to me, yeah. but also an icon. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, I watched New York Housewives this week, and Bethany has a tantrum of standing up at a table in Miami, and she just looks so hot. Like I have a weird crush on Bethany. Bethany's so hot her makeup like on topic is just really well done here where i love a look of her like glam is improving though. yeah her it's glam improving. she has like her people that traveled to miami with Before, her it could look random yeah. like you know it's everyone just the look of the early seasons of new york housewives was oh, so yeah, harsh was mm-hmm. but there's one scene too not in this past weekend's episode but uh like I think the episode before where she is in a swimsuit with like a big hat. Yeah. And I was like, she loves you that. are killing the proportions here. Like, right. You look, you look like so a tiny model. because yeah. this hat is so big. And then it, I was like, God, I need a fucking huge hat. I And I literally have, like, kind of a huge hat. cowboy hat. <laughs> oh, that yeah. I got at, like a dead show. And quote it, unquote yeehaw. Yeehaw. It's a it's like a southwestern I don't know what it's a beach. Yeah. It's a beach hat for sure. Or like a sunny day. Like it's not like I would wear it and walk down the street to like, do you want to go wear it today? (laughs) Do you want to see it and tell me what you think of it? Yeah, I definitely do. Lara's going to go get her hat. Um, hopefully she doesn't disturb Tony. She's probably going to cut this out anyway, but let's see if she doesn't to give me proper space to express myself. Tony is her little pug puppy, and he looks like a little darling dumpling. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, this is very you. This is very 
Jennifer Aniston on the in beach Cabo. in Cabo or just Malibu, yeah. smoking your joint alone and at night only, mm-hmm. as you said. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking a little tequila or white wine on ice. Yeah. Is it bad to put white wine on ice? No, that's like chill. standard. Yeah. That's what I learned from Stasi. Um but yeah, this is you like look not good. Like a psycho it's, hat. It's not well like made. I'm just saying, yeah. like from here, I can spot that this is actually like a nice hat. It's a very nice hat, um, which is making me feel like the hats I have at home of similar variety aren't nice. But I, I'm too embarrassed to wear them anyway. It's from <laughs> Oaxaca, I think. Oh, nice. From yeah, it's vendor. probably a good textile. Yeah. That, oh, like, at the works dead show. With, you yeah, because it's like a vendor I found that works with like people from mexico that are crafters and then buys their stuff and then sells it really nice yeah Yeah, i I toured some oaxacan textile spots it was cool okay wait give me your how to be high tips just like is this like don't hate yourself like if you hate yourself if you like not trusting yourself let's just say that instead Mm -hmm. of hating because as i know a little harsh but you have to be able to really trust yourself in order to get high in public yeah. And I think as culture towards normalization, at least here in California, is changing, that that isn't becoming such a big deal. But at the end of the day, people are uncomfortable getting high most of the time because they feel such a surge of self-awareness that yeah. they fucking choke. Like, can't do it. They got to tap out. Like, everything is too much or you know, too real. And like, you're just sitting there and you're like hyper critical of yourself in this way of like paralysis. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is just, we need to really talk about how you feel about yourself and like, yeah. And how you feel about like visibility. Yes. I am afraid of being seen, but as my friend said to me recently, that's very true. I am way more afraid of not being seen. Yeah, that is very <laughs> true. I think you're more afraid of not being seen than being seen. Totally. I don't know where my, like, I stand on, like, the fear of being seen scale. Yeah. But I definitely have... Yeah, it's like I want to just be like naturally seen but when it comes to like really putting myself out there then i have like a deep fear of that because it's like mostly a fear of vulnerability true and that's super common i think basically every person has some degree of fear yeah about vulnerability and i will still experience like you know feeling um in terms of like being stoned in that it's like yeah like i'll feel vulnerable where like let's say i'm working on a piece of writing and then i like think it's in a good place and i'm you know and it's the late afternoon i'm like i'm gonna like hit this vape a little or like smoke a little joint and then you know edit it or like keep spending time with it and Mm -hmm. sometimes when i do that i'll be like whoa okay is it still good you know like i feel vulnerable in terms of like my voice as a creator um, but I think like about smoking weed and like socially, it's like lay back. God, I think it's such a LA thing for everyone to like only want to get high at home alone. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like it's like socially, I feel like, uh, yeah, I just don't know what to say anymore. 
Right. It's not like because drinking where it becomes yeah, more of like easier. a lubricant. Because drinking makes you faker and weed's making you realer. And yeah. you're like, oh, maybe there's not a big show. Maybe I don't have to say anything extra or worry about what people think of me or mm-hmm. like... I don't know. There's other way, other advice though in the book. So one would be how to trust yourself in order to get high in public more. Mm-hmm. A chapter. Um, <laughs> but other things would be about like this notion of setting yourself up for success, where you are going to have a solo partnered social whatever experience with weed, where you're like just going through a little checklist of like different elements that can maximize your experience, mm-hmm. like. For me, there's some like aromatherapy elements, definitely hydration. Hydration is key. Also like uh, a beautiful ashtray or like what are your elements of like what like what are the practical elements you're using in the experience in terms of the glassware, the lighter, like all of it. Like I try to keep those at a pretty good quality standard because Mm -hmm. the parts of weed I hate the most are like ash, like the mess of weed it's very easy for me to have like a beautiful like pink porcelain night table it's not porcelain but it's a really pretty material and then like it it could just quickly get caked in some joint ash and like that's not the look you yeah know? you don't want it um, to feel like a dirty like a dirty pot smoker no and i ha- i am a still a dirty pot smoker i think because well, that's not good for the book, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I create these tips because I need them. And, uh, <laughs> like, so environment is yeah, key. Totally. And accessories. And accessories are key. And then also, like, body awareness. I love following this woman, Ashley Manta, at Canisexual. Oh, yeah. I think I talked to you about her before. You have talked to me about her. I used to be, like, almost marveled, like, or like feeling like what is this like is this the best like concept ever as a joke or is it something real but it's super real she does workshops and stuff about like using cannabis to quell sexual trauma and women and like femme people i love uh cannabis and sex as yeah. well like that is like really exactly. some of the best sex i've had has been on weed. right yeah you know what's crazy is um because i think it is you're like more aware of your body and yeah touch and what feels good and what feels bad and it just like you can really if it if something feels good it feels really good and then like if something is i just i feel like when I'm with a partner and we're having sex and we're both stoned, it's like easy to get on that same level Such of communication. Dance. And yeah, yeah. And it becomes more of like an energetic exchange. Totally. As opposed to just being like horned up and like needing to fuck and like just right. quickly getting it out of the way. I think in general, I love weed and I've like consumed and mostly smoking weed for like, my whole adult life basically you're a, a lot. stoner yeah like i'm a proper stoner and i actually hate like some of the chic cannabis movements to not be a stoner mm-hmm. because it's kind of like implying things it's you it's a marketing thing where you're like trying you know like cannabis brands um they want to like differentiate themselves from stoner stereotypes but i never like that happening so much like of course i like that in terms of literally not believing stupid stuff about how like dumb stoners are and like 
this idea that cannabis kills brain cells. It was from a fake study. Yeah. I, that, but you should still honor like true stoners that didn't discover weed in 2018 at MedMen. You yeah. know? I always growing up thought like, I was like, I want to be a stoner. Like, Me too. I was like, <laughs> stoners are fucking cool. Yeah. That was like my identity as a high schooler before getting sent away. And I was, it was so weird. Like prior to going to therapeutic boarding school, I was the kind of person that could get up, smoke a blunt in the morning, smoke like eight times during the day, just be like stoned all day until yeah. I went to bed. And then when I got back, I was like, like it, I would just get anxiety when I would smoke weed. Mm -hmm. And so then it kind of became like, it's a more of like a cool down solo journey. Like, yeah. Yeah. Journey healing. Mm -hmm. Totally. I always, but I always thought with like, I used to Google every celebrity I liked and then smoking, weed. smoking weed. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I would follow a MySpace Misha Barton in and her car. Yes. That was a classic. Charlie's Theron with the apple always. by the pool. Jennifer Aniston always. Jennifer Aniston Drew always. with Cameron Diaz yeah. at the beach. And, and beyond, but these were some of the like... Maybe. Rihanna always. Yeah, totally. Um, but I remember, I mean, it's cool when... Yeah, I heard some... It's just funny because like at one point in her career, Rihanna didn't have the like flexibility to be so weed centric even though it could have been assumed or whatever you know but mm -hmm. so i remember hearing something where snoop was like noticing the shift having smoked with her when she wasn't able to be so public about it to being like taking it from him in public and he was like oh wow you know especially for women for black women yeah like just having different or maybe less flexibility with some of that so it's cool that she's been high as fuck i feel like that was like that is like a great cultural shift because the myspace i used to always look at in middle school was called girls gone weed and i googled it recently and it's like it's very broho so cal but that aesthetic is everywhere i guess like i'm sure in oklahoma you'll find it too of like the specific type of jeans with this little like black tank top and like their boyfriend loves like motocross or something mm -hmm. but it was all types of people but like just everybody smoking fat joints and like exhaling and like big clouds of smoke. And like, I don't know. I didn't know what a cam girl back then was. And maybe a photo booth pictures were happening, but it wasn't like we weren't all so photographed. So maybe I just love the intimacy of like seeing these chicks, but thinking they're hot too. Mm -hmm. But really, I think I just like the weed. I, I grew up knowing my parents were smoking weed but I, they never told me mm -hmm. and so i thought like, i have diaries from like third grade where it's like my name is tierney finster my parents are a drug addict drug addicts <laughs> you narc <laughs> yeah i was such a narc oh yeah i would go whenever i could tell when they're gonna get high you know like i could just like smell or like they would never were very close like they would ever like close their door on me or something you yeah know? or at least not too much during the day or discernibly and so when they would like make a specific effort to like be alone, I'd be like, Hey, <laughs> are you smoking marijuana? No, again? I, I would be too ashamed to even say that I wanted someone to tip. They only ever talked about them smoking weed once they knew for sure I was smoking weed. In yeah. Do you think part of you smoked weed to try and get closer to them? I or think more just being curious about yeah. the existing this thing already played a role in my life, in my consciousness some way, you know? Mm -hmm. So 
Um, I think in some ways weed probably has made us closer, but we didn't need to be closer. Like, you know, like we had plenty yeah. in common, but I just, I'm thinking about that more in terms of one, the softness and vulnerability that just like being stoners together allows for. Like I smoke weed every day, but I don't smoke all day. Like how you were describing in high school and stuff. I had been that way in college more. Um, but I can't smoke a lot of weed all day long or anything. I can mm-hmm. smoke a t- or smoke or vape a tiny, a tiny bit every few, you know, or yeah, whenever. But anyway, I think like having written a lot about the cannabis industry and had experiences like I just came back from Mendocino, going on a weed tour, and like I'm writing a feature about the emergent cannabis tourism industry. Like my parents, my dad is like a longtime weed grower, and like two people who grew up without a culture of normalization even in southern california like they just think it's such a trip man to hear about what i'm up to they love it there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss It's a trip to think that like when I was in high school, there was never a time where I thought like weed would be legal. Right. Like and now like high school me to know that like adult me can go walk down the street or like openly smoke a joint somewhere or just like buy weed right. is very like the high school stoner me is like fucking cool. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean the world like it was a lot more subversive to be like a sexy plus size stoner like 10 years ago mm-hmm. when I'm like a te- young teen than not that young of a teen, but I don't know, medium teen than now, you know, it's just funny. I think about shame has been such a huge force. Like shame is result relating to that kind of dread we get sometimes higher or like that you can get. Yeah. And like, I just feel maybe it brings up that kind of stuff to the surface. The self-awareness, like the feeling of being seen and not wanting to be because like hyper visibility because of your race or gender or body type or like literally like smell of weed, you know, I used to feel a sense of like otherness because of like just some of these things, you know, like I, I never, I think it's really started in college. Like I went to such a, more conservative environment for college than I ever had for schooling in my life. So just like, I just always felt like a bad girl off top. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And now all these things that I'm public about everything, I'm nude, stoned online, you know, and I'm still hitting up like lawyers and doctors and people for work all the time to like be interviewed by me and nobody gives a shit. So yeah, I didn't think that back then either is what I'm trying to say. That's a beauty. I think also being out here is that it's like, there's so much more freedom to kind of express yourself in the way you are and in the industry we're in and stuff. It's like, totally. there's way less rules or protocol. Yeah. Of course I wouldn't have the same privilege if I didn't work in such a creative field for the most part, but 
Yeah, I do get off on it because I think for so much of my life, especially in high school, I really envisioned myself as a Hannah Montana archetype. I mm-hmm. really thought that I was this person and then I was this person and I'm and this became like an issue that I think has only dissolved in recent years even where it's like I felt there was a side of me that was like more public facing and like politicized and this like smart but also more like less real way, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Just kind of like the person that gets the job, you know, and then like the other person is the one like smoking weed and like DJing and like not wearing clothes in public. And like the reality is I do all those things while doing the work. So. Yeah, you do both and it makes it even more powerful. Yeah. And like makes your work like more of a slam dunk because I think the stereotypical like preconception of someone who's like does certain things. Yeah. Who is like nude pot smoker, like Uh, wild girl is like, Oh, she can't do all that. And like, right. You'd be lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But accepting like that things that it's not, as like black and white as that. And there's like a lot of gray areas in between is like such a, right. that resonates with me a lot right now. Cause I feel like I've been also having like an identity over the past year, like figuring out who exactly I am and like, what are my values and what, how do I like, how do I present and mm-hmm. do everything it is that I want to do and still be able to like, live my most authentic like right. life and not like hide shit right. and like yeah I, i'm not a, i don't know i'm not as candid as i could be i guess but like when we're speaking i feel i am right mm-hmm. i just don't want to write every day on instagram maybe it's because i have to write a bunch of stuff or i get the chance to write a bunch of stuff for work every day and for my own personal projects that aren't, nobody's making me do but like I just want to share more and be more vulnerable, but I just, and that's why I also do have a podcast now too, but like, I don't know. I think that there's so much of like the community of vulnerability has been built on Instagram, but it just skeezes me out how like all of that is still used to drive marketing and advertisement on the platform. It's like, I don't, I wish I didn't have that to be the realist on. Like I want to be real IRL or in the airwaves. I hear that it's hard to be like it's like I feel like I do so much shit like writing and podcasting that when it comes to Instagram like I don't want to like it feels like more work on top of it and then it also feels like okay now I have to like sell myself on this platform and like get people to like follow what I do and like market myself and it feels like weird and skeezy to me yeah or I fraudulent mean, so I, w- I feel like i'm pretty good at like throw it up it's probably the weed but at the it's same definitely time the weed. <laughs> weed is also like weed and alcohol make me very loose with the gram right in like a fun way where yeah. i'm just like lol but then like yeah i think i need to maybe smoke weed more and then like just start posting sh- like shit posting yeah. on instagram right because it's like I just don't know how to balance the right amount because I feel, yeah, it's just, this is in general, it's not just on Instagram, but just balancing being someone who, because I do feel like I'm 
good at speaking about difficult things or complicated emotions or I have experience like talking a lot about like Middle Eastern politics and all these sort of areas that like are sensitive and could use more amplification. But it's just awkward sometimes to create my own balance of sharing and content when I also am like a silly, slutty, stoner jokester fledging comedian uh, beauty blogger you Mm -hmm. know it's kind of like i don't know sometimes if everybody responds or reacts to like that kind of fucking quilt you know yeah but like it's off off instagram it's easy to be that you know what i mean it's like yeah i don't know i delete instagram every day like five times a day really but not in like a compulsive way where i'm just like oh my god i just looked at everybody's shit i you know, I got to get off now. It's more like I throw up my own posts and then I X out. I don't need, I don't care. I've never had notifications turned on for Instagram. Like I don't care what people are saying to me on there until I check in later as a little treat for myself. Yeah. I've been like, it's just a constant thing that I come back to. Like, how do I make this platform like work for me in a way that it feels like comfortable and fun, but it, Instagram often feels just like fraught with anxiety for me. Like I'm either just like looking at other people's stories and then I'm like, why am I like watching all the shit? Like, and that's like what I'm here to do is basically like using this as TV almost. I was going to say, I'd rather watch real Housewives. I'd rather watch real housewives or literally like any other TV show. And I do. And then it's like when I post, it's like sometimes I just get nervous where I'm like, oh, like it's the visibility thing. But then it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Same. Like, I would like, let me know, listeners, if you would like me to. Like, I feel I used to go live more and have funny times. Mm-hmm. And like, I love when you go live. <laughs> and lately, I also have that kind of thing where I don't. In order to produce the kind of stuff that I do in a week, I have to have a lot of trust in myself literally mattering, like literally being able to like form ideas in a way that is not like negative to society, you know, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, like maybe I just get exhausted, but I also think I punish myself by not letting myself be more silly and free on social media. Yeah. Same. And like really realizing that nothing is that big of a deal. What like it's protecting? a post that lives for two seconds and then no one cares about it anymore. I also think about how little I care about almost anything I see on other people's Instagram. Yeah, I don't think back. There's very few people Especially who stories. I'm like, I think back and I'm like, Ugh. you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, what else? Yeah. It's all whatever, so just do whatever you like, you know? Also, I was talking about this last night, but the algorithm is fucked up right now in the sense that I feel like I just see the same people in my timeline every fucking day. Me too, and, and I'm sick of that. I hate it. I, like, I follow a bunch of people, and I literally see, like, I feel like 10 people over and over and same. over. What is that about? It's so annoying. And I care about that more than I care about how that's even affecting I don't like my analytics. No, I don't care like, about that. But I, it's easy to say I don't care about it, but I do notice because I feel like I've had more high numbers on Instagram or higher than I ever had in the last year. So now when sometimes I post something and it gets like 100 likes as compared to like 500 of, you're like, you're like, what the fuck? You're like, why? What did I do? But it's more <laughs> curiosity because I'm not too invested in like that being my business or yeah. like, I'm really not. If, 
if I have a brand, it's a joke. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like 420 models. Yeah, exactly. Like my joke has become a really successful creative. Hey, I mean, it might not be a full on creative agency with a building on sunset, but <laughs> I mean, I love having a business that was a joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes like me feel like myself. Yeah, I was actually thinking. Um, it's very Chris Jenner of you. Yeah, and I have new business ventures that I'll talk to you about off air. Oh, I love. And it's been making me feel really proud. I've been allowing myself more, more of a sense of fulfillment and pride for how hard I have worked recently mm-hmm. because something you mentioned is like you like attention but not seeming like you're trying for it kind of thing yeah I was getting a bit of that yeah I relate to that where there's something about me that even though I like being praised for being the Capricorn workhorse that I am I also have maintained a sense of slickness where I don't really want to show you my work. I just want to give you the answer. Like I like sending the message that everything is easy for me and I just keep it smooth, like rolling and I'm smooth and I sail like a swan through the lake of work in Hollywood (laughs) and the world at large. But like there's like some shitty politics to that too, because it isn't that easy. You know what I mean? I I need more support than I even have just from friendships. You know what I mean? Like in terms yeah. of like, you know, friends that act like colleagues in a sense of like, you know, like we have that kind of rapport, but just like, yeah, it's interesting. Like I, I wonder about how much of my like decision to not share certain things plays into this larger idea of like wanting to look like I do it all without trying when I try, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah social media is a scourge at least i'm famous on vine (laughs) (laughs) wait i'm also obsessed right now with the chernobyl model yeah how people are how all the influencers are flocking to chernobyl to take like thoughty sexy pics yeah i loved that i saw it and then i saw somebody in a slack channel i'm in uh put um like this girl who had been taking selfies in front of like um auschwitz and stuff oh great yeah that's a really good place to get like super sexy Sexy. what is chernobyl (laughs) chernobyl this is just like an organic plug because i was so so many people recommended chernobyl is like an actual disaster that happened where a nuclear power plant in russia like had an explosion and like a nuclear meltdown and then it spread radiation like they had to evacuate the city of chernobyl and radiation spread out for like hundreds of miles and like it just like fucked everyone but like the russian government kind of tried to like cover it up or like not be real about what was happening and then as a result like all these people like died or got sick or ended up getting like cancer later in life because it's like you cannot survive if you're exposed to like that level of radiation and it's so now it's a mini series on hbo and it's really fucking good 
but it's like so it's a scripted mini it's a scripted mini series about just like the chernobyl disaster and it truly i've never seen anything like it and it's i think fascinating because it really happened yeah and it is like watching a disaster movie no yeah and so now because of the show are people inspired to go back to the site or have they just been doing that? i don't know if what came first like insta thoughts or <laughs> hbo yeah but I love the idea the play of between the two. The play between the two. I love the idea of like going to a really like fucked up locale and just like getting sexy there and taking like a beautiful picture of yourself for the gram. Oh my God. It's so funny because I am shamelessly sexy and mm-hmm. posing, but like when- Like I thought of you when I saw because I was like, that feels like some, like a tyranny but not i don't think that i don't think that they're doing I'm it as like an irony no, i'm just kidding yeah right <laughs> like a they're not in on like you would think it'd be like a joke. beautiful art project for me yeah it would have searing social it would have implications yeah. totally yeah what's funny, more than just like god i'm so sexy i'm sexy chernobyl. at this famous place that yeah. people put the hashtag for mm-hmm. right you know what i mean they're just like people are into chernobyl let's yeah i like to call it share share because we like share share for it um, so I the first time I left the country ever was to go to Cambodia mm-hmm. and I spent time in the killing fields didn't take a pic damn that's uh, a missed opportunity yeah <laughs> but I did see a story circulate recently um, that like spoke about Angkor Wat which is one of the huge temple complexes that I visited in Cambodia yeah which was so amazing and like overwhelmingly beautiful because I had never left, L- you know, I'd really never left LA, you know, been to New York. Like I had just traveled very little. So yeah. going there was a really like cool, immersive experience to be away for the first time. But I saw this story from like four years ago, I think, where that research related recently that was about these two women, it's like sisters, I think, I'm sure American or like Australian, even worse, like <laughs> uh, <laughs> taking uh, I'm like Australian readers. I apologize. Uh-huh, you know what I mean. <laughs> you must know even better than me what I mean. And then like lifting up their tops and like posing, posing fully naked, I think actually uh, at Anchor the Anchor Watt, which is like, because there, in the story where that was referenced, it was a larger thing about like complaining about how because of social media, so many more people travel, mm-hmm. which I think is a beautiful thing that people are so empowered to like travel. I think it is way easier than it ever was. But how just the sheer numbers are making places like Anchor Wat or even Tulum or like uh, et cetera, et cetera, like face like archaeological and ecological destruction because there's just way more people. Yeah, and then. Anyway, I've also been to the West Bank and That's Israel. That's a great place to get sexy. Yeah, I've been to Jordan. The Wailing Wall. Uh-huh. I, uh, yeah, Apartheid Wall, Wailing Wall, um, Holocaust Museum, active settlements. Like, I definitely, in my own, as a fucking slutty bitch, I got off on in my own way of being all those places dressing so conservatively and taking photos once in a while but like salmon colored eyeglasses cable knit navy sweater yeah chopped red short hair you want to do like a conservative thought pick yes conservative like, sexy t-h-o-u-g yeah <laughs> like literally thoughtful thoughty yeah thoughtful <laughs> um 
So I'm just, I'm surprised that I didn't think about using the spots as for, I guess I'm trying to illustrate how I've been to places that aren't inherently like a sexy, glamorous locale and how you felt sexy there because I wasn't because you were assimilating with like how the dress code. Yeah. But not in like a super perverted orientalist way where I was like, I'm in the Middle East, I'm covering up, but just literally like falling into a different vibe and value system. Like, I think that's really important. Um, and feeling like glamorous about it as like a new experience and how you feel are. Yeah, Yeah. Feel. Um, but could you imagine like planning a trip to go to like sexy Anne pictures Frank museum and being like, and I wear being like posing <laughs> and like getting your like hip bones to jut out. Just oh so. my God. Getting your, that chin down and yeah. the light on your face, getting your like boyfriend at take the nuclear the waste spot or whatever. That's insane to me. I don't know much about Russia or physics. I know those aren't related, but I'm just saying in general, those are big blind spots I have in my education. Russia, the more I know about it, the less I have any desire to like go there. Experience it. It's just huge. For a long time, this is extreme babe of me, but I thought that Russia was part of Europe. I didn't realize that it was like it's Asia. Own, yeah. yeah. I was just like, wow, Europe's so huge. I see. Because it felt european to me like you thought they're white people so yeah that's what so you that's thought. why yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then i was like whoa my mind was blown yeah. and then i was like damn 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 the world is that. different than i thought it's oh, wow, a big big world <laughs> my best friend's mom grew up in russia but like she had been adopted she's a russian but she'd been adopted by armenian parents so mm-hmm she really represents more of Armenian culture to me or like that's, that's like more of the vibe of the house I've always been in. But uh, at the same time, like she'll provide me Russian anecdotes. Like she was bringing us some, she was packing up tequila for us to take to the beach recently. Mm-hmm. And, um, what, she isn't allowed in LA, but whatever. And um, she, I don't know, she just used... So lame, you can't, like, drink on the beach here. It's, like, this is a really silly part of our beach culture. But, anyway, she was just, like, packing this little lunch bag so perfectly with cups and tequila and was being, like, and, like, showing me things she had hidden in it for me to use later. And was and I was so blown away by her ability. And she was like, obviously, you never grew up in the Cold War. It's like, no sexy it's like you're sexy smoking capri just like adhering to certain stereotypes of like vodka and cigarettes but mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i think i'm done to go wherever my ancestors on my dad's side were germans from russia so they oh. like em- emigrated you from would russia. be german tall as fuck mm-hmm. shane hall's german yeah it means pretty neck that's a blowjob comment. <laughs> That's a flirty That's for when I like, get back in the mess. game. Yeah, yeah the pretty neck. Mm-hmm. My last name is actually German too, but I'm not that German. What are you? Irish? Yeah. But I have not done any sort of genealogical exploration. Like A 23 and No, bro. Bro, I'm not into that kind of shit. I don't give a fuck, really. I want to do that like... 
those shows where they like take you back and like tell you crazy shit about your ancestors perfect love that yeah, yeah. like i want to know custom, like, like with a real expert yeah like i want a one-on-one it's i don't know like if someone just handed me the file like i don't have any siblings so no one's gonna do it for mm-hmm. me you know but like if they did i would love that um or if one of my cousins got it done i would love to just read like our shared side i mean i recently went to uh I like digging up archaeo not archaeological. <laughs> I actually have a shovel and I, I it's love like a Zeno man. It's like a yeah. Zeno man. I borrow Lara's hat. <laughs> Ever since you had the hat, I already thought you this looked pretty. This is like a polish. Look like really good in it. Thanks. It was a good hat because I'm truly anti hats. No, yeah. As well, where I think they're mostly for psychotic people. But this was like a, it was a must hat moment. It's a really good for your skin to have a hat. That's the only reason I'm interested. Yeah. Um, Should we do reader mail? Yes. What are they saying lately? They're saying all sorts of stuff. I have gotten a lot of reader mail about rabbits. How do you feel about rabbit owner, adult rabbit owners? Well, so... Were you an adult rabbit owner? Honey, I've never been what you'd call an animal person. (laughs) I love them. And I love cradling and cuddling other people's animals. And I have a family dog that I'm obsessed with, but definitely never owned a bunny. When my mom's friend had a bunch of guinea pigs growing up, I just, once she got them, I refused to go over to her house. I was, love that. I feel like feral cats are always like all over our neighborhoods. And I yeah. can't like, I'm like scared of cats in that way. But when I started Tierney Talks, my podcast, I started doing it with this woman, Margot Padilla, and she has two big bunnies, and they're super cute and cool. Are they giant? Yeah. They're giant rabbits? Um, I don't know if they're as big as some of the, like... Huge. I don't know what the... Con- yeah, but, like, How big are they? Um, I don't know, like... Are they, like, as big, as big as this that. pillow? Um, not the full length of it, but, but like... like ha- yeah, yeah. Okay, so I they're feel pretty like they're big, pretty big, right? Because there's some really small ones. Yeah, and then, but are people hating on rabbit owners? I was hating on rabbit owners, but then a reader wrote in that she had giant rabbits and sent pictures, and they were like that. Yeah, and that's I was like, like how... okay, like I'm into a giant rabbit. So what my friend Margot told me is that because ra- I always grew up hating on horse owners, mm-hmm. and I, I would still be down to clown about that whole vibe. And yeah, like, horse girls. One of my so next door to me in college, my freshman year, was this girl who moved to LA from Colorado, and like she was a dressage like global champion of like horse ballet. So like I would just like we were friends, you know, close friends at that time. But I would just go in on her about like fucking her horse and like being mm-hmm. so obsessed with her horse because it had like a man's name yeah and i'll just say it it was dan and so like you know it just was too much that's for a me. wild name for a horse it was just so dedicated their relationship it just felt like romantic and then like horse girls in middle school and stuff were always just so obnoxious i don't know but the reason i bring all that parallel up is because my friend told me that the closest animal rabbits are similar to are horses and that's why they both have that little trotty they both like get their hips up and trot around and they both have flat teeth and eat hay so there might be something there with the ownership of both animals interesting 
I wonder how scientific of a fact that is. Rabbits and oh, horses being similar. Bitch, don't doubt the expert. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have a, a reader Such who's writing in story. about sister drama. <laughs> Perfect. My queen and chicest guest regarding the last baby mail about what to bring to an outdoor festival, which sounds like something I get myself into. Sephora has amazing face wipes. Go get yourself some exfoliant and then moisturize. This is not an ad. I am in no way an influencer unless it's Uh Coke. (laughs) Uh JK story for another time. I love you, Tony. And then a picture of the Sephora face wipes. There's like a charcoal one, pineapple and cucumber. Have you tried those? I've used pineapple. Do you like? Um, Yeah, they're chill. I'm not a big fan of makeup wipes. Even though I love the concept, I find that most of them are full of alcohol or fragrance. I want to try these really bougie wipes that are called like Ursa something like. Ursa Major. Yeah. Yeah. What are those? Those seem safe for my baby skin. (laughs) Yeah, those seem really safe. I'm like, I'm never really a face wipe person unless it's like I'm in a camping situation where I can't just like water. (laughs) I'm like, when I'm in a full face, like you're like when I'm camping. No, I can't like, it's like I need like a water lather rinse i actually hate washing my face i hate it too it's like compared to any task related to face like i'll put any serum toner or whatever yeah but like the actual washing i think it's like i'm so lazy i hate having water like get the sink wet yeah which i think it does because you have to like splash it yeah i i have in times of like intense desire to not wash my face i'll resort to just taking a body shower because for some reason that feels like me too exactly why does that feel like less work when in reality it's so much more work a face mask on And then just go do the body shower. So I feel like I actually raised the quality of the experience, even though it was all because I was too lazy to stand and wash my face. Yeah. Something that helped me, I think, I don't know if we talked about it last time. I, I, I think when I came on Babe was one year ago. So it's been. Oh my God. Way. It has been a really long time. But um, I was using like a cleansing balm and that kind of reoriented how I felt about it because it was so thick and oily. Was it by Elemis? No, but I just started using that brand from a sample. And ever since I started using it, I see it everywhere. And yeah. everyone's saying it. <laughs> it's good. I like I I want to try their cleansing balm. I love a balm because it. I think it's the texture. Like, it doesn't run or like... Because a lot of times face wash, you're like, it's either so sudsy or it's falling right off you. And this like just really feels like it's grabbing onto those dirt and radicals or whatever they say. And like it cleans your pores out and gets your eye makeup off. Mm-hmm. A love lot. That. But I love a Sephora recommendation, so I'm glad that... I do think those pineapple wipes are cool options. And I love the price point. They're like 7 or 11 bucks. Not bad. I took a stroll through Sephora right before coming here. And the little bit of makeup you see on me, I applied there with my fingers. I love that. It just like had been a while, and it felt really good. I didn't buy anything. Just really taking it all in i went to get my eyebrows done at strike this week and like they are all about like growing out your brows to have them like as bushy as possible and then they do like tints and like they do like a feathered brow but 
I was told that my eyebrows are not like grown out enough to really do like the full caboodle. So I bought I'm grand, like, I'm grand brow. <laughs> grand, oh, and grande, so, brand, grande, grande brow. brow. I heard that's amazing. I've been using it for a few days. I'll, we'll have to check in in like three months when it supposedly will like make my eyebrows just go like buck wild. Cause I always wanted grande lash. Yeah, I know. I still want that too. I wonder if it's the same formula. If you could just do it on the lash line and the brows. I was told, because do you think I should get my eyebrows done? I think get them tinted. I got mine tinted and I like like. You want me to get them darker? They would probably just naturally tint them for you. A little darker. Yeah. They like, they do, they tint them a little darker just to catch all the baby hairs that are lighter. Yeah, because they are light. Yeah. And then like. Because I really really, hate drawing on my eyebrows. Yeah. I mean, I don't, but like I have, you know, a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I like darkening them a bit. So I guess I should go. I was like, I've never heard a strike, but. Maybe try it. It's like. It's definitely like a luxury brow place, but you could go to Maggie, the girl that I went to. She was really great. Thanks, Maggie. It's strike. I was also, I used to get my eyebrows done every month or a little bit less or more, depending on what was going on. And that would always make me feel hot. Like yeah. that's what made me feel the hottest. I've always been told I had good brows. Getting them done just always made me feel like my face was like my cheekbones were better my face was skinnier my hair was longer like it just felt like it had such a big impact and then I didn't I grew out my eyebrows for like a year or two I guess more closer to two mm-hmm. and then about a year ago I they had grown out so much but I felt like it had reached like a stalemate or something so yeah I got uh I got them what's it called uh microne or no, the um, thread. I got oh, it threaded. That is the worst. That's actually torture. It's for me, waxing is more torture. Really? But I'm fine with both of them, and I hate them both, you mm-hmm. know? But, like, um, she threaded my eye. My mom always says she doesn't like threaded eyebrows because there's, like, more of a propensity to make them all look the same. You know, like, every threaded brow doesn't have as unique of a shape. Yeah. But I don't think at the luxe brow places that that's true. But they told me then that like my brows are basically as grown out as they're ever going to be, and then that sounds like a challenge. Out, to me. I know, but they're not bushy. But then I bought castor oil in the form of mascara, so mm-hmm. I can put it on my lashes. And oh, I love that's that. That's like you know the old maid, yeah. grande lash or mm-hmm. whatever. But because I wear glasses at night after I take out my contacts, if I'm not, it's like too much, depressed so smudgy. to just sleep in my contacts at eight p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm too nervous. I don't want to get in the way of my Bravo or whatever. Like it's going to be too smudgy on my castor oil. I got some from the wish list last year, but then it's so thick. It has like the consistency of like a molasses. It's so it's like too thick to like really put on this little mascara wand. Yeah. And so I'm glad to be in the grande lash grande brow. We'll see how grande they get. I had a sample of their mascara and it was really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now it's making me want to get the lash. So I just like go full like hairy eye situation. Oh my God. I've, I tried lash extensions once since I've been on too. And I, I loved it. I love that. Dear Lara and guest, new reader here. Thank you so much for all the lols. Your pod is an inspiration. I'd like to stay a non for now, but I've been stewing over some pretty juicy brew stories without a home. But alas, uh-huh. there's your pod. So here goes nothing. 
The year is 2016. I'm in my most babe incarnation of myself through my job in at the time in electronic music. I'm at movement festival in Detroit for an all expenses paid weekend of pure debauchery. Similar to FYF in LA, RIP, but also good riddance to the founder being canceled. There are many big name events throughout the city at different venues that coincide with the festival. I could care less about most of these EDM spectacles. Instead, I make my first stop the underground gay rave club toilet. Yes, that's the name of the party. I arrive at a gay leather club 45 minutes from downtown that is sketchy even by Detroit standards. There's nothing but parking lots and abandoned homes for as far as the eye can see. I'm already a bottle of champs deep when my Uber pulls up and I see my assistant waiting for me with two pills of Molly. Work perks. I swallow my meds, breathe in the smell of sweat and poppers, and dive into the rave. Cut to two hours later, I've stripped down to nothing but my jock strap and am sandwiched between two beefy Midwestern boys in a sweaty, drug-fueled make-out sash. Mm-hmm. Most people on the dance floor are engaging in similarly raunchy behavior, so I'm unfazed that my boss is watching from the bar. Oopsies! Mm-hmm. Not wanting to be left out, one of my dance floor lovers start to stick his finger in my butt, but that's when I realize something is awry. I pull his hand out and bolt for the bathroom. Funny thing about club toilet is that the club's only actual toilet looks like some apocalyptic gender neutral hellscape. The two u- urinals are filled with piss and plastic drink cups. Why? The floor is caked in mud and drug baggies and the lone stall has no door and is completely exposed to the rest of the bathroom. I decide this is a null and make a dash for the front door of the club to ask the bouncer if there's an alternative. By now I'm peeking, but also clenching my ass cheeks for dear life. The bouncer looks me up and down, raises his eyebrows and says that gas station across the street has a bathroom. But at this hour, looking like you do, you're better off shitting in the parking lot. Just try to be quick in case someone tries to mug you. Oh All right. That's not happening. I go back to the bathroom and plead to the party goers in line to let me cut in the name of Plur. I managed to talk my way into the stall only to find that there is no toilet paper. I'm high as fuck by this point, but not about to give up. So I run to the bar in the other room, grab a fistful of drink napkins and pretty much release as soon as I'm able to hover over the toilet. I sigh loudly in relief. Fuck yes. As I brew in plain sight of a dozen strangers wearing nothing but a jock strap. I'm not sure if it was the drugs or what, but this was probably one of the most satisfying brews of my life. Club toilet indeed. Hope this gave you some laws. Love and light. I love that. Oh my God. A story of fulfillment. That is a story of fulfillment. I have never peaked on Molly while brewing, but I did recently. (laughs) I did a New Year's Eve. Oh my God. You told me about this. I think because I brewed in front of someone and not that I have like a huge, it's very, I only brew in front of someone when I'm on drugs. Yeah. I mean, that's like the most appropriate and time it feels to do good. it. I'm sure it feels fucking incredible. I didn't have quite the audience as this person. I've only brewed like prior to my role starting. Like, I think I've been like, I've taken Molly before and then been like, oh my God, like I'm, it kicks in the brew and yeah. then. I'm but like, you're not high. But I'm not high. It's like the precursor to then being high is like first we brew. I went to a New Year's Eve wedding where there was just like rounds and rounds of booze, shrooms, coke, and then everybody got handed Molly, basically. <sighs> and so I had taken Molly and 
Maybe not all the rest. I don't know. Some of the rest. And then, um, <laughs> You're in an eclectic mix of yeah, and drugs, I don't, I don't, stimulants, I don't get up like that very often, no. you know? But when I do, I am loving it. You see me on Molly. Like, whenever I take Molly, I am so purely myself. Yeah. And I guess that's why it allows me to, like, release in front of my <laughs> friends. Yeah, that's like the best way to be in a brew situation where you're going to have to release in front of strangers. <laughs> yeah. Is if you're just like, oh my God, yes, and having no shame about it. And then you're just being like, like, thank you so much for letting me. But some people are shamelessly just like that with or without Molly. Like, oh, I just feel so good. I'm yeah. Like, what? I'm not at that. I, I'm, I'm not, a solo brew down. Me too. I mean, I'm, I'm like, Leaning on a secret brewer. <laughs> yeah, I like to be like n- the only person in the house, though I did but, have to yeah, like too hard. hold Tony the other day while Wolverine. I brewed because I was afraid he was going to pee on the bathroom rug. Yeah. Like he was doing a circle and I was just like, I can't yeah. in good faith like have this happen. So that was a weird moment. But then the other day, Tony was about to brew on the rug and I had to stop him in the act and then take him outside. And as I was taking him, he brewed into my hand. And so that was a whole more intimate than I ever cared to get with anything. I'm sure some people listening have used their own hand to wipe their brewed ass. (laughs) I have. (laughs) I don't think i have i've used my hand to wipe pee before <laughs> well but it goes you can reach your back a little farther <laughs> yeah that's a new level of a brew down i'm just guessing i'm sure oh a reader is requesting a list of skincare from alan's episode i'll get on that that's great 23andMe keeps emailing me. Nerd. Do they have updates? Um, They're just like always trying to get me to participate in genetic research. And I'm like, I did because I filled out your entire thing online and you wouldn't, you blacklisted me from your service. So yeah, that's so weird. It's a fraught relationship. Do you ever get dirty reader mail that you can't read out loud without blushing? No, I haven't. But I did have like one podcast listener who was like very forward with me via Patreon and then like sent me a wish list item. But like it was like with a very sexual note attached. Gender of the sender? It was a male. (laughs) Gender of the sender. Gender of the sender. Of course, a guy. And I just didn't like his approach. But I did use the body oil and it was great. That's a pretty sexy wish list I have to fulfill. I know, but it was like... Was it everyday oil? It was just like a Waleda oil, so the price point was very minimal. Yeah, but like, if you're going to really try and impress me, I need like... Impressive in the context of courting, obviously, not just wish list fulfillment. No, no, no. Wish list, like, I'm like, I appreciate every... Five buck gift, great. Every item I get from the wish list, I'll take it. I love it. Someone sent me House of Leaves, a book that I'd had on there for a long time that I'm excited to read this week. So good. Yeah. 
But like, if you're going to try and like impress me much, like Shania Twain style, no, the Whole Foods body oil is not gonna. No, you need to like step up the game. I with, thought like, it was gonna be like bio oil or like no. everyday oil or like an herbivore, like their jasmine oil. Oh, yeah, like you need to be starting at like Never a fifty dollar product. Isn't that shocking? I think you would like their products. When we need to get them advertising on here Maybe i know I could get i'm one. a big herbivore head this podcast is brought, brought to you in by part by herbivore, herbivore. an all-natural plant-based cruelty-free plant-based certified at sephora clean clean beauty brand i personally love their ro- cocoa rose body scrub yes. jasmine body oil and Ooh, I want jasmine body oil. Oh, it smells so good. It smells like perfect jasmine. Does it stay super oily or does no, it, it absorb, absorb nicely? It absorbs nicely. Bitch, I want to get that. I know. It's really good. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Herbivore. Thank you, Herbivore. To get 25% off of your first Herbivore mm-hmm. order, I don't, have, I don't have the code for you, but I can direct you to my wish list where you can buy <laughs> me Herbivore. Plenty of Herbivore. Yeah. Put on the note um, that is for tyranny. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Please get Tierney some. (laughs) Thank you for fucking affirming and amplifying. I think we should wrap this up. We're going to go to the bonus Unexpected. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's keeping it moving. I'm going to hit this weed pad. (laughs) We got more to go. We got a little more to go. We're going to call it. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you for having me. I love having you on the pod. I love being on. I'm really appreciative. Um. Everyone follow Tierney at T Star Seven. Is seven your lucky number? Yeah, I guess. I mean, my birthday is the twenty eighth of December, and so I had this like I guess OCD or genius compulsion as a kid where I would just like endlessly divide every number, and mm-hmm. I loved like whatever you call it when it's like the dividends of a number that's not really the word you know so like for me seven was like the simplest form of my birthday 28 okay love that um, <laughs> 28 divided by four yeah seven <laughs> seven seven <laughs> seven it's not even that um but yeah at t-star seven please please listen to my podcast tyranny talks tyranny talks we're sharing irregularly but irregularly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's available on iTunes, Spotify, and Spotify all those places. Yeah, for wow. sure. Um, and shouts out to whatever, whoever, babe, stopped me in Oakland in front of Sup Street Food last week because I was eating at my friend's food pop-up on the street in downtown Oakland and somebody came up to me and told me they love babe Chic. and knew me from there and all my friends in Oakland were like ah! like <laughs> I love a sighting. mocking and celebrating me yeah that's a lot to be celebrated and mocked Continue on. <laughs> yeah, say hi Catch always. Catch a sexy bonus up for something secret about Lara. Yeah, I will tell all my secrets on the bonus up. So if you want to listen to that. Listen to me something out of Lara she's never shared before. Oh my God, what's it going to be? I'm what's scared. What's it going to be? Because I, I can't, can't pretend. pretend. I want to go to singing lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Total vocal lesson. Um. To get bonus episodes, you can go to patreon.com slash babe podcast. And until next time, sayonara.
babe. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.